Welcome to the Faithful Music Master Podcast, Musings of a Forever Musician Learner. This is Opening Up the Bible, Episode 4, the fourth Sunday after Pentecost. Hello, thank you for joining me today. I hope people are enjoying the warmer weather, especially considering that more people live on the west coast and the northeast coast, where the weather is often cooler, or at least nicer. Um, I do love the breeze over there in California. Over here, it's burning up. That is, here in southeast Texas, specifically Houston. Despite having had one of the coldest winters in ages, we nearly broke a record for the warmest day already. Also, the power grid company, Ericot, is threatening to fail again, twice in one year. And of course, they gave us the excuse that they were built for the heat, and now that the heat is here, they're saying they're not built for anything. So, that's fun. But anyways, on another note, I'm here with my new tea for today. This is a Korean passion fruit tea. Um, It's very sweet, and it's also um, a bit tart which is something that I really appreciate in a sweeter uh, kind of drink. So it's very refreshing, and it's a wonderful accompaniment to today's podcast. All right, so the gospel for this week is Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. When evening had come, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased, and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe, and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Oftentimes, whenever I think about sages and thinkers and philosophers, my mind goes to the stereotypical Eastern sage, or perhaps the ancient Greek one, who lives off in the distance and only after one travels a great distance, perhaps up mountains through forests and into the far-off world, the sage can impart wisdom. When I think about Jesus, however, I think of someone who is always at work, straining and putting in so much effort at every moment, teaching, healing, walking, and never taking a break. Yet throughout the Gospels, there are so many details about Jesus resting. This is probably one of the more famous images, that is today's Gospel, or this week's Gospel, But there are many times when Jesus either retreats or tries to retreat, but it's interrupted by different people. Nonetheless, Jesus often shows us examples of rest and recuperation. One message that I've heard many times in reference to this passage is that we must turn to Jesus when our life is storming, for Jesus is the only one who can calm the storm. 
All of the distractions, all of the issues, all of the harm obeys the word of Jesus. Now, don't get me wrong, I live with this truth in my own walk of faith, but I think that there is something else in this passage. Lately, I've been thinking more and more about the meditative teachings of the Bible, the calming practices described, and even the serene imagery that is used to describe the divine. Much of this has been because I have been combating with bouts of depression and anxiety in their many forms, which were exacerbated by the pandemic over the past year. On top of that, I wanted to know, why doesn't my faith include the kind of meditation that would calm me down, that would help me sleep, that would help me focus? I've been wanting for my life of faith to give me that sort of calm, especially since I want to believe that God can provide all in every circumstance. In many of the prayers I have learned growing up, I have asked God to spring into action, to rise up and to come to my defense in a great war, a war against all things that are wishing me harm. The faith that I have learned is one that is all about action, no rest, no respite. When learning about Jesus' ministry, a great hole in all of it was the many mentions about Jesus' retreats. Instead, I heard about different saints living their whole lives in meditative practice and solitude, representing a devotion to a constantly working and never resting God. Even when thinking about the often repeated Ten Commandments, remembering the Sabbath, it was more about forcing oneself to give the day to God, rather than remembering that God, God's self, rested, and so should we. So then I ask, what does a restful gospel, a calming good news in the middle of so much anxiety and strife look like? One thing is to take a step back and think about the things we can and can't control. This is a difficult technique for me because I always want to be in control, and I look at every problem that I have as being some sort of failure on my part, regardless of if I am responsible. Jesus' students were afraid of the storm, and they blamed Jesus for not doing anything for them. They wanted their words and their commands to Jesus to be what saved them. Instead, Jesus reminded them that they needed to calm down and to have faith that he, even though he was sleeping on the boat, was still in control. Another thing is to pause and remember about the good things God has done for you. The faith that Jesus talks about when he's reprimanding his students is one that is more encompassing than just a current swear of allegiance to Jesus. In other instances, in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus reminds his students about the times that they had witnessed miracles and teachings as examples of why they should have faith in every situation. If we take a step back and remember the good that God has done in our lives, we can understand why we need faith in our life. Alongside remembering what good God has done in your life, remember the good things that are in the Bible. This will depend on each person, since the Bible contains so many different ideas and perspectives, and every person has a different experience with this text. I remember one thing that millennials have been sharing lately about binging TV shows and even rewatching old shows is that there is a comfort that comes from the familiar. Knowing where the jokes are, where the story is going, 
what faces the actors make when certain songs or other cues come in provide comfort. I find the same comfort when I read the Bible. I remember when I heard certain passages, learned certain verses, and even discovered different details throughout my life. The same can go for sacred music, other books about faith, other podcasts, programs, or experiences. These can all provide calm and comfort as a faith practice. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to accept every single thing that comes from the Bible. I know that there are many challenging passages and challenging um, just scriptures and messages and ones that have been used in very negative and disparaging ways, ways to discriminate against people, to, um, to put people down, to really separate them from uh, the church or from communities of faith and even from God. And all I can say is that hopefully you can find some comfort through some of the comfortable words that are in the Bible as well. And I hope that I can also impart some comforting ones as well throughout, the, at least the ones that I find. Um, and of course, it always takes recommendations of the different people that are around us to really help us find our way through our faith and through the Bible. The last thing that I want to highlight might fly in the face of all this calm, but bear with me. For the things that you can change, especially after reflecting on what is in your control or out of it, take bold steps moving forward. Now, I haven't found any translation of Jesus' rebuking of the storm that I like, at least in English. I actually do um, like the kind of the run-of-the-mill Spanish ones. They're, they're pretty good. Um, but aside from that, I don't really like any other one except for the Greek, you know, the source text that we have. So in those, Jesus says, Siopa pefimoso. In the New Revised Standard Version, which is the one that the Episcopal Church uses and many other, um, especially scholarly sources use, this says, Peace, be still. Which are quite calm words to my ear. Anytime I hear somebody say peace or be still, it sounds like, you know, have peace, you know, enjoy life or enjoy the silence and be still, you know, just take a chill pill, just have a moment, just, you know, just, just relax a little bit. It doesn't sound that, that strong. Now, maybe in King James's day, the word peace was much stronger than it is today. And unfortunately, most of the English translations just keep that same phrase from the King James Version, no matter how modernized they are. So this is the NRSV, the uh, New King James Version, the um, the Douay Rhymes Version, just lots of different versions that use this exact same phrase. So it still exists. I was actually surprised that the New International Version uses something a little bit more, um, I guess, a little bit weightier or a little bit stronger. I forgot what they are on the top of my head. But anyways, I wanted to just talk about the words. So the first word, siopa, is more like saying hush or quiet or silence. It sounds kind of similar to another word in Greek, sigao, which from my Greek classes we learned means something more like shut up. And since the verse does say that Jesus rebuked the wind, you know, it doesn't say he just, you know, calmly asked the wind to calm down. He, he rebuked the wind. He cursed the wind. He reprimanded the wind. So it must have been harsher than just peace be still. Perhaps the first word is more like RuPaul shouting, Silence! Now the second word, 
pefimoso is interesting because it derives from fimos, which means muzzle or gag or restraint. It means keep quiet, but it has also been used in context of being restrained from talking such as through torture or force. Uh, one of the examples in the dictionary shows, well, it doesn't show it, but it says that like basically like keeping somebody in a in a um like in a scaffold basically um and that's how they're kept quiet so perhaps something more like keep quiet hush up or even shut up could be better translations of this word and so i would like to think that jesus rebukes the wind and sea saying silence stop that's the kind of confrontation we are called to do in the face of the things that have to change. As we remember Juneteenth, which is coming up this coming Saturday, we remember all those slaves and abolitionists who shouted, Silence! Stop! at the institution of slavery and the journey towards abolition and liberation. We remember the civil rights leaders in the 20th century who shouted, Silence! Stop! at the perpetuation of institutional racism and discrimination. We remember the Stonewall rioters led by Marsha P. Johnson, who shouted, silence, stop, at the police force taking away their rights to exist and express their identities. We remember our people shouting, silence, stop, at the gun violence that continues to plague the Western Hemisphere day after day, shooting after shooting, victim after victim. Even as we engage with movements to dismantle institutional discrimination, we can take our cue from Jesus to rest, to meditate, to find the calm to help us continue forward. When we are in a movement, we can trade off and know that we can't do all the work as single individuals. I myself can't do all of the work of ra racial reconciliation or of LGBTQ rights. I myself can't be the one to do all of that work myself. But instead, we need to rem remember to reflect on what we can do, and then we act, loving God through our life, loving our neighbors through our action, and loving ourselves through our rest. We are called to action but we are also called to rest. We need to remember Jesus' example by taking a step back and thinking about what we can control and what we can't. We also need to remember the good things that God has done in our life, and we need to continue in the faith no matter the storm. And when there is a problem we can control, we need to confront it. Silence. Stop. Now, there's a great song that has been recorded by several different artists, including René Carillas and Jesús Adrián Romero. And even there's a, apparently a, a rap reggaeton remix of this song, um, which I can't really get access to because apparently it doesn't have the rights, I guess, in the United States. But I think this song really encapsulates the gospel message for this week. And the song is called Paz en la Tormenta. And I'll explain the words, but it basically talks about Jesus being our peace in the midst of the storm. And again, I feel like this really does uh, 
elaborate on today's or this week's gospel message. So here's the words in Spanish and then I'll translate them afterwards. Cuando lloras por las veces que intentaste y tratas de olvidar las lágrimas que lloraste, solo tienes pena y tristeza y el futuro incierto esperas. Puedes tener paz en la tormenta. Muchas veces yo me siento igual que tú, y mi corazón anhela algo real. El Señor viene a mí y me ayuda a seguir en paz en medio de la tormenta. Puedes tener paz en la tormenta, fe y esperanza, cuando no puedas seguir. Aun con tu mundo hecho de pedazos, el Señor guiará tus pasos en paz en medio de la tormenta. So these are, in a quick translation, basically, when you cry for the times that you had tried and try to forget the tears that you have cried, only shame and sadness and a hopeless future, you can have peace in the midst of the storm. Many times I feel just like you feel, and my heart longs for something real. The Lord comes to me and helps me to be in peace in the midst of the storm. You can have peace in the midst of the storm, faith and hope when you can't anymore. Even when your whole world is in pieces, the Lord will guide your path in peace in the midst of the storm. Now, I've sung a number of times a version that's in English, and I've kind of let that seep through a little bit um, in my translation here. So um, that's probably why there's a little bit more rhymes and a little bit more of a meter there. Um, but yeah, that's basically the message, and I think it goes more towards that sort of classical, I don't know, maybe that's a little bit presumptuous of me to call it that, but something more like a traditional or typical interpretation of um, this week's gospel, basically, again, that no matter what the storms that we have in our life, we will be able to find comfort in Jesus, in our Lord, in God, who can really calm all of the storms that are around us. Las veces que intentaste y tratas de olvidar las lágrimas que lloraste, solo tienes pena y tristeza. El futuro incierto esperas, puedes tener paz en la tormenta. Muchas veces. Yo me siento igual que tú Y mi corazón anhela algo real El Señor viene a mí Y me ayuda a seguir En paz En medio de la tormenta Puedes tener Las veces que intentaste 
Thank you so much for joining and listening to me. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Also, feel free to reach out to me via Instagram or Twitter. I'll keep links in the show description. And um, please check that description for um, any other links and notes and kind of stuff that I've talked about. And I hope to see you next time. Thank you very much. Have a nice day.